Um, so today's scripture reading is going to be from the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, verses 1 to 10. And then we will uh, also read a brief verse from, uh, from Psalm 27 as well. But um, we can go ahead and open our Bibles and we'll open up our hearts and our minds to the Word of God this morning. Vamos a abrir nuestras Biblias a Salmos uh, 119, versículos 1 y 10. And it should be up on the, the screen right behind me. And I'll read a short passage for us in Spanish first and then in English as well. We'll read uh, verses 1 to 10. Uh, Psalm chap chapter 119, verses 1 to 10. And... Um, and also uh, in uh, a couple verses in Spanish. Let's, let's go to the Word of God um, with open hearts and open minds. Um, I'll read a, 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 few, a couple verses first in Spanish, then the whole passage in English. Salmo 119, versículos 9 y 10. ¿Cómo puede el joven o la persona llevar una vida íntegra viviendo conforme a tu palabra? Oh Dios. Yo te busco con todo el corazón. No dejes que me desvise de tus mandamientos. Psalm 119, beginning at verse 1. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. Verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your precious, precious word that is always with us, that never leaves us, Lord God, that is accessible to us with any situation in life, Lord, and with any circumstance in life. And God, I just pray that you would teach us what it means to live lives worthy of, your, of our calling, Lord, which means that we trust in you and we abide in you, Lord. And the one who makes us worthy is Jesus. And we're called to abide and live and um, align our, our will and our lives with this living Lord Jesus. So God, we just pray that um, you would teach us what it means to have our lives be a song to you. Enseñanos, Señor, cómo vivir en una manera que te da gloria, acuerdo con tus mandamientos. Lord, may these words not only be words that we hear, but would they be words that become flesh and living and real in us, and through us. Lord, speak to us today. Habla nos hoy, esta mañana. We love you, Lord. 
We trust in you. We don't trust in ourselves. We trust in you. We don't trust in only other people or other situations or circumstances. We trust in your calling and in who you say we are, God. And Lord, as we prepare to come around your table today, would you open our hearts, open our minds. Prepáranos, Dios Santo, para tomar parte en esta santa cena, en esta comunión hoy. We love you, Lord. We pray for congregants that are traveling right now and for this new season, this new chapter that you have us in. We give you all the glory and praise, God. And we know that we're always in a season, but in whatever season we're in, we know that you are with us and for us and ahead of us and behind us to protect us, Lord, and beside us to accompany us. We love you, Lord, and we pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So we're on this series on the Psalms and on what it means to live a life of praise. Hemos estado aprendiendo qué es vivir una vida de adoración. And um, in, in, in this whole theme of living a life of praise, we've actually been talking about this word, life song. And how our, our lives can actually be a song that we lift up to the Lord. Through our words, our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes. All of that can sing a greater song. Can sing a, a greater word um, that can glorify God. Um, especially with those that are around us and that we impact and influence. And we've been learning, learning to let our life song be our living praise. Because every Sunday we celebrate together and we lift up songs and we worship. But our, the song that we live out through our lives on Monday through Saturday, that is a song of living praise that we can lift up to the Lord. And the Lord delights in that living praise. In fact, the scriptures say that uh, songs of praise and, uh, and, and a life of praise is really like a sweet aroma to the Lord. A sweet aroma that he delights in. So he delights when we live our lives aligned with, uh, with his will and, his, his, and with his call in our lives as well. And uh, again, that's what it means to live a life of living praise. To align our hearts, wills, and minds with the heart, will, and mind of God through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And we've been going through the Psalms and one of the, the themes in the Psalms that we read about over and over again, the, the psalmist David and others who wrote in the Psalms uh, talk about this theme in the Psalms, which is a, th a theme of waiting. En los Salmos vemos este tema de esperar o esperanza. And it's amazing because it comes up over and over again. We're in Psalm 119 for the summer. And we're in that chapter intentionally because Psalm 119 is actually the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And it's, it's, it's the longest song. So talk about a life song there. It's over a hundred some verses in just one chapter. And we're learning from Psalm 119 throughout the whole, throughout the whole month of June. Um, but uh, that is a theme even in Psalm 119, but throughout the Psalms as well, which is the theme of Waiting, waiting on the Lord. 
in Psalm 27, verse 14, which is one of my favorite verses in the Psalms, it actually says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Espera en Dios. Confía en Él. Espera en Dios. Wait for the Lord. Well, if you're anything like me, you can think about life in general and you realize that waiting is a part of not only the Psalms, but waiting is a part of everyone's life and everyone's journey. Esperar es parte de la vida. Waiting is a part of this journey that we call life. And sometimes there are actually examples that remind us of this. You can think about it um, in your life um, as you're considering what is it that you're waiting for in this season of your life. But um, for us, even a, a, a simple example that reminded me that waiting is not only something we do sometimes, but it's a part of life as a whole. From the beginning, from our, our younger days to our, uh, to our teenage years, to young adult, to adulthood, to uh, our senior years as well. We are constantly waiting, waiting for some things to end, for new things to start, for one season to begin, for another one to continue. This last week, I, I was reminded of this a bit when uh, Charlotte and I took the boys down to Southern California to Universal Studios for the day. And it was an amazing time. I don't know about you, who loves theme parks here? Some people do, some people don't. Yeah, okay, good. We got some theme park going, goers, church theme park trip. We gotta do it, right? But uh, one thing that theme parks remind us of is that um, you really, when, when you think about it, it and break it down, it can be a little bit um, annoying and even upsetting because what do we do at theme parks? We pay a whole bunch of money to spend most of the day waiting. <laughs> to spend most of the day waiting in line. And at one point, it was pretty funny because we were there at Universal Studios and now they got this whole new Nintendo thing and kids were, it was like super packed and whatnot. And we realized we were waiting in a line that we thought was going to lead somewhere but it really wasn't leading anywhere. It was just a bunch of people standing around and we waited in the wrong line for like 45 minutes <laughs> only to realize that we needed to get out of that line and go to a line that actually took us somewhere. That's the sermon for today. Don't wait in the line that goes nowhere. <laughs> go in the line that goes somewhere. And it was, it was funny because, yeah, we spent, we wasted about 45 minutes in that. And I got to think about all kinds of things, right? We got to get out of that line to go for what? What was the point of getting out of that line to go wait in another line? And it was almost this metaphor and lesson for, line, for life, right? We're always in a season. Siempre estamos en, un, en una estación, en una etapa. Siempre estamos esperando algo. We're always in a season and we're always Waiting for something. Siempre estamos esperando algo. You know, congratulations to those within our, our congregation this, this week who got to celebrate graduations and the families that got to celebrate graduations this week. I know that's a huge journey, a huge milestone for you and your family. 
We think of Alizé, of Jimena, of all the other kids in middle school, high school, college that um, have graduated as well for teachers that have finished another semester, another year as well. We also think of those who have been parents before and you've waited to meet your new child. When you remember, pray for Samson and Daphne. They actually welcomed their new daughter into the world this, year, this week. And so we are so excited. We've been praying for them. And, and they'll, they'll be here with us after they go through the whole recovery stage and whatnot. And I'll go be visiting them in the next couple of days. But they were waiting for a new life to come. Now that life has come. Some of you are in a season of waiting for something to end. Others are in a season of waiting for something to begin. Then maybe you are also in a season where you're not necessarily waiting for something to end or begin, but you're waiting for the thing that you're in to move forward, to keep going, to move along. You feel stuck. Maybe you're waiting for something new for God to do or for God to take away something old that's just been a thorn on your side or burden for you. What are you waiting for? ¿Qué estás esperando en esta vida? You know, when you think about it, and again, I was in line for a long time this week, so I had a lot of time to think. And one thing that I was reminded of, and it's a little bit shocking when you think about it, but if, if we're really honest with ourselves, we realize that two-thirds of our life is spent either sleeping or waiting. <laughs> so it's a reminder, right, to make mo the most out of that one-third. When we're wide awake and productive, it counts. The, that question about being a multitasker or focused, right, it all counts. But... You know, for us, even as a church community, we've been in a season of waiting. Hemos estado en una etapa de esperar. For well over a year, we've been waiting for this moment to happen. To find a new space. A new space that we would call home for our church family in this season. And as we took um, some time to pray this week, Charlotte and I, we actually had this moment of reflection of a wake-up call where we realized... Wow, this season of waiting for a new space has come and has gone. We actually did it. We moved out of the old space and into the new space. And now we're praying and, and leaning into all that God is going to be doing here as we're, wor as we're working through the summer, developing it, all of that, getting used to our routine and having a fall, a, a, a fall new location kickoff here. It's amazing that... What we were waiting for has now come, and we're here right now. We're here where God has us as long as God will have us here. In this life of living, resting, and waiting, we are all called by God to, take, to, to, to be on this journey together. And in this journey, there's going to be that, right? A mix of it all. A mix of living, resting, and waiting. That's all part of the life that God has called us into. That's why those three themes are so constant, so regular in the Psalms. To live, to rest, and to wait. 
to live for the Lord, to rest in the Lord, and to wait on the Lord. It's all part of what God is doing in and through each of us, in our lives individually and in our community. And on this journey that God has us on, again, of living, resting, and waiting, we're going to be called to take part in a long road. And I want you to hear this and write this down. This is the road that God calls us all to. God calls us to take the path of the long road of obedience in the same direction. God calls us to take on the path of the long road of obedience in the same direction. And that long road of obedience in the same uh, direction will have seasons of living, of resting, of waiting, of trusting, of believing, but still going. Going, moving forward, moving ahead in that long road of obedience in the same direction. Dios nos llama a tomar un camino largo de, obe de obediencia en la misma dirección. And that's the grim reality that we're called to engage and respond during this time, in this season of life. What is it for you? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? What are you w moving toward? And you know, waiting is connected to hope, right? Esperar está conectada a la palabra esperanza. So what we're waiting on oftentimes is connected to what we're hoping for. What is it that you're waiting for in this time and what is it that you're hoping for? What we read about here in the Psalms and we see throughout the scriptures is that in our waiting, that is where we place our hope. What is it for you? What are you waiting for right now? What are you hoping for? And how can we give all of that to God in this season? What are we hoping for? How, how are we to live in, in, this, in, in whatever season you may, you may be in? Of hoping, of waiting, of living, of resting. You know, I love this, uh, this passage also in Romans 12, 15 that reminds us of how we are supposed to, the attitude that we're called uh, to have in seasons of waiting, in seasons of living, in seasons of resting together. In Romans 12, 15, it tells us this. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn or grieve with those who grieve. Rejoice with those who rejoice and grieve with those who grieve. There's going to be time and place and season for all of that in our living, in our waiting, in our resting. I know that we're at the point that we've been waiting for, for now over a year. But let's be honest, in that journey, that long road of obedience in the same direction, there have been all kinds of challenges as a community, for you, in your own life, in your journey, work, family, all of those things. Yet in those things, in those seasons of waiting, resting, living, we're called to compassion, to other-centeredness, and, and uh, away from self-centeredness, right? To rejoice with those who rejoice, grieve with those who grieve. 
Yet we can always find a reason to rejoice. We can always find a reason to be grateful and to thank God. We can be grateful and rejoice. As the scripture says, rejoice with those who rejoice in all seasons, in all times, in all waiting. We can rejoice because God is alive. God continues to be at work here and now in your life, in my life, in ways that we see, in ways that we don't see. You and I, we get to experience something that we take for granted every day, which is called the daily graces. The daily graces of waking up, of breathing air, of having a meal, of being alive right now. That's not because of you or me. That wasn't our power. That's a daily grace that God has given you. Many people are not in the same situation we're in right now of being fully alive of being able to lean in, to love, to grow in the Lord today, that's a daily grace. Not only life, but the daily grace of God providing for us. Cada día podemos tener la experiencia de las nuevas gracias, las gracias diarias de Dios. Dios proveendo para nosotros, dándonos vida. The daily grace is God providing for us, giving us life. God providing us family, friends, community, a faith family. Every day we can experience the daily graces. For those of us with children or, or nephews, nieces, all of that, the daily graces of having that honor, that call of being parents, aunties, uncles, friends, all of that. Friendships are also a gift from God. The daily graces, community, whether in person or at a distance, those are all ways that we can rejoice in whatever season we're in and whatever we may be waiting for or hoping for. We can rejoice in the waiting. We can, we can see God at work in the waiting. And the joy of the Lord will be our strength. El gozo del Señor será nuestra fuerza. We can see the wonderful joy that comes from the promises and the presence of Jesus. Of Jesus with us here and now. In fact, this table that we're going to take part in in just a couple of minutes represents that. It represents the real presence of Jesus with us here and now. The real presence of Jesus with you in whatever season you're going through. In whatever you're waiting for, in whatever you're waiting on, He is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. In our hoping and in our waiting, we oftentimes have a question. And what's, that, what's the most common question when we're waiting for something or waiting on something? Why? Yeah, why me or whatever it may be. But then also, what should I do? When we're waiting, why? Why me? What should I do? I've come to learn, friends, brothers, sisters, that why or what should I do? That's actually the wrong question to start with in our seasons of waiting, in our seasons of hoping. Why or what should I do or why me? Why not me? In my experience, and again, what I have uh, learned from the word and learned from others, that is not the right question to start with. Why? Well, because 
the heart and the brain can really actually come up with any answer to that question, right? We can come up with a good answer for why, we can come up for a good answer for why not, we can come up for a good answer for what to do, what not to do, and interestingly enough, we can justify or excuse anything we do, one way or another, because, uh, because and, and it's, it's pretty amazing, right? Like we can say, well, what should I do now? Well, I should buy a $100,000 car even though I can't afford it, right? But I deserve it right now because I'm going through all these other things. Well, that's a, that's a perfectly justifiable <laughs> excuse, right? But that's actually not the right place to start, right? Because the heart and the mind can actually uh, justify any, any kind of choice or any kind of behavior. But friends, brothers, sisters, instead of asking why or what should I do, that will come with time as we trust in the Lord, as we align our hearts and our minds with him. But instead, the first question in the season of waiting, in the season of hoping that you may be in and that you may be in is not, God, what should I do? But it should really be the question behind the question, which is not just what should I do, but it's God, who do you want me to be? Who do you want me to be in this time, in this season? La primera pregunta en nuestro tiempo de esperar no es solamente qué debo que hacer, pero Dios, ¿quién me estás llamando a ser? In mi vida. Who do you want me to be? Who are you calling me to be? And friends, God is with you. Jesus is with you. He's got you. He's covering you. In this season of waiting, in this season of hoping, He is with you. He will never leave you. He's got your back. He's got your six. You've got community around you surrounding you. You are not alone. You matter. Your presence matters. You matter to God. You're here for a reason. Estás aquí con propósito. Dios está contigo. Jamás te dejará. But again, instead of asking, what should I do? The question behind the question is, who is God calling me to be? in this time of waiting. And instead of just asking why, why this or why that or why not this or why not that, instead, ask yourself, am I making my decisions during my time of waiting? Am I making my decisions based on faith or based on fear? Because we can justify decisions based on fear. Oh, well, I'm going to do this for that self-preservation, whatever it may be. Yeah, we got it. We all want to protect ourselves, but the greatest protector is our Lord. He will protect you from all angles that you may not even be able to see. So trust in him, believe in him, hope in him. Again, not just, uh, and, and, and when we're making these decisions, especially in times of waiting, in times of vulnerability, in times of frustration, asking ourselves, am I making this decision based on faith or on fear? Because those may seem similar at first, but will lead to very different directions and different, different spaces um, as well. Are we making decisions based on faith or based on fear? 
And I've shared this before with us um, here at, uh, with the Imago community. But I know waiting is hard. Amen? Waiting is hard. Esperar es difícil. But I want you to hear this as a testimony from your pastor, from your friend, from your brother in Christ, and from each other. Waiting is difficult. Waiting is hard. But friends, brothers, sisters, I want you to hear this. Waiting does not have the power to break you. Waiting does not have the power to break us. I've been there. Waiting for years, months, uh, uh, days, seasons, ages. And I can witness it to you. And the Psalms remind us of this too. Waiting does not have the power to break you. It makes it seem like it does. It's all or nothing. It's this or that. No. But waiting will not break you. Your refuge is in the Lord. Waiting does not have the power to break us. But I will tell you what it does have the power to do. Waiting has the power to reveal us. To reveal what's going on in here. In the heart. In the mind. Internally. In those areas of our lives that no one can see. To bring out deep wounds that was like, whoa, I didn't even know that was there. It came out in the waiting, right? Deep challenges. You know, it's interesting um, to, to be able to see that. Waiting, and you can think of examples in, in your life. Waiting does not have the power to break us, but it does have the power to reveal us. And in that time of waiting, there's so much potential to either build up or to tear down. To build up ourselves, to build up our life with God and our spiritual life, or to tear it down and get distracted in all of that waiting. Waiting has that ability to, again, to use to build up or to tear down, but it doesn't have the power to break you. So I know you're waiting for something right now. Hold on. Hold on to Christ. Hold on to Jesus. Don't let go of the God who will never let go of you. And that's the big reveal from the scriptures, from the psalmist. That's, that's, that's part of, of the big reveal. We see the psalmist, we see David saying over and over again, How long, O Lord, how long? Is it a day? Is it a year? You know, and for God's people, we see all kinds of, of, of different seasons. For some of us, again, it's been days, it's been years. For some in the Psalms, in the scriptures, it was 40 days. For others, it was 40 years. For others, it was 400 years. Now imagine that, right? Yet waiting did not have the power to break them. When our refuge, when our trust is in the Lord, he can do something new, something beautiful in that waiting. And again, as God is, is revealing new things to us, he can show us what he wants to show us in those seasons of waiting. And in those seasons of waiting, we're going to confront all kinds of things, right? Because 
Again, waiting doesn't have the power to break us, but it will reveal us. And it will reveal those things inside of us. And those things actually that are talked about in the Psalms and throughout the Bible, which are called idols. What idols in our lives need to be checked? What idols in the waiting, remember waiting and hope are deeply connected. What am I trying to hope for that is or isn't God that I'm placing all my weight on? What am I hoping for? What idols need to be checked in my season of waiting? You know, as, it, as, as uh, there, there's this definition that I've talked about before in, uh, here at the church and with others, and I've had to apply it in my own life as well. But we all have idols in our lives. Todos tenemos ídolos en nuestras vidas y los necesitamos someter a Dios. We all have idols in our lives that we need to surrender to God. But what is an idol? And I've said it before here at Imago, but an idol is what we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on that. The things we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on that issue. What we get touchy about when God tries to touch on that issue with you. It's like, oh, oh no, God. Well, suddenly there's anger, there's defensiveness. It's like, where did all that come from? That's an idol check. What we get touchy about when God tries to touch on that issue. And as someone once said, this, uh, the, the, this Christian leader by the name of John Calvin, he once said that our hearts can become idol factories that in our hearts we can keep creating more and more idols if we don't surrender them to the lord so in this time of waiting may we surrender our idols may we surrender our expectations may we surrender those things that we're placing our hope in instead of god may we surrender them all to the living god what are you waiting for in this time where is it that you sound like the psalmists and you're asking yourself how long how long oh lord how long do i have to keep going through this how long do i have to keep waiting how long do i have to keep seeking seek him and you will find him even in the waiting he is there again for the people of god it was different seasons different times but what's going to be most important for us in this time, in whatever season of waiting we may be on, is to go back to the basics. Whenever we lose our direction, whenever we lose our way, just go back to basics. You know, our, our spiritual life, our discipleship life, our life with God is sometimes like a GPS, right? I was explaining this to someone uh, when, when I, that I met for coffee from our, our congregation a couple weeks ago. But we were talking about that, right? That life with God is going to be like a GPS. When we lose our way, go back to basics. Get back on route. You know, in the GPS, what happens when, when we're meant to go in one direction and then we miss the turn and, and then we keep going, what, is it, what does it do? It reconfigures, right? It reconfigures and says, go back. Go back to basics. Go back on route. But what's going to happen if we miss the turn, but we just keep going in that other direction? We're going to get farther and farther away and complicate the way home. When the way home is not that complicated, it's just go back to basics. Go get back on route. 
Get back to God. Get back to Jesus. Don't ever think, oh, well, I haven't connected with God or community in a couple weeks, months, years, whatever it may be. No, just come back home. Go back to basics. Come back to God. Remember, he receives you with arms wide open. We receive you with arms wide open. You are a part of God's family. Go back to basics and you'll see Jesus do something new. He'll renew you with a passion and with a commitment. He'll confirm your identity and your purpose in him. Remember that we have that identity and purpose in Christ and our address is as citizens of heaven belonging to the kingdom of God. So whenever we lose our way, we can come back home because we're citizens of heaven belonging to the kingdom of God. In this time of waiting too, don't go it alone. Whatever you're going through, don't do it alone. You're not meant to do life alone. God has called us individually, but he's called us together as a family to be God's family. And as God's people have waited, amazingly enough, most of the waiting that we see happen in scripture is not just one individual waiting, but it's communities waiting. Waiting for God to do that new thing in them and through them. So friends, brothers, sisters, in your time of waiting, in your time of hoping, don't do it alone. Stay together. Stay in covenant. Stay connected to God's family. Stay connected to God. Stay connected to others as well. You know, and an example that I've thought of before and that, um, that, that I've, 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 uh, I've shared with others before is the fact that um, some can say, oh, well, I really don't need to stay connected to God or to community or whatnot. Um, I can do it on my own. But just think about it, right? What does Jesus say? I am the vine, you are the branches, and a branch has what? Fruit, right? And a fruit, an apple, yeah, it, it can be uh, left alone. It can be disconnected from the tree, and it's going to look fine and beautiful for a little while, but then we, we place it there just in one place. What's going to happen to it in two weeks, three weeks, in a month? It's going to wither. It's going to spoil. It can't sustain itself. Stay connected to God and to others. Stay in community. In the seasons of waiting, these are seasons to go the next step in our commitment, in our covenant with God and with each other. A call to be in covenant with each other as God is eternally committed to staying in covenant with us. Cuando estamos en tiempos de esperar, vamos a esperar juntos en comunidad con Cristo en el centro. So today, we're going to take this time to wait on the Lord together and to trust in the Lord together. And we're going to do that by celebrating the sacraments here in, uh, at this table, the Lord's table that Jesus prepares for us. Today we're going to celebrate, um, again, uh, this feast. This word sacrament actually is, is a word that the people of God have used throughout history and throughout the world. And a sacrament is actually an eternal sign of God's eternal covenant or promises of grace and salvation with us. 
So this table, this bread, this cup is actually an eternal sign of God's presence with you. Even in the waiting, even in the discouragements, even in the challenges, this sign reminds us that he is with us. So as we uh, prepare our, our minds and our hearts today to take part in communion, we're going to take a moment to pray. And so let's take a moment to just calm our hearts, calm our minds as we enter into his presence today. He's already here. He's waiting for us. And we're going to take a moment to prepare. Vamos a tomar un momento para prepararnos para la comunión. La Santa Cena. Lord, you are the one who prepares this meal. You are the head of the table. And you invite us to take part in this beautiful time, Lord, of prayer, of reflection, of praise, and of communion. Right now, Lord, we're going to take a moment, we're taking this moment to center ourselves, to refocus our thinking. Quiet our hearts before you, Lord. There's been so much distraction, God, but right now is a time to just be. Not to do anything, but just to be. To be with you in your presence, oh God. En este momento simplemente queremos estar presente contigo, Dios Santo. Prepara nuestros corazones para esta, esta comunión. Amen. Amen. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, this holy meal, this holy supper that we're about to celebrate is a feast of remembering, it's a feast of communion, and it's a feast of hope. Amados en el Señor Jesucristo, la Santa Cena que estamos por celebrar es una fiesta memorial de comunión y de esperanza. We come in remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into this world to assume flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. Recordamos que el Padre envió al mundo a nuestro Señor Jesucristo para que tomara de nuestra carne y sangre y para que cumpliera por nosotros obediencia a la ley divina hasta el extremo de una amarga y vergonzosa muerte en la cruz. We come to have communion, common union, with this same Jesus Christ, the one who meets us here and now. The one who has promised to be with us always, 
even to the end of the age. Wherever we may go, he is there. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread. The true heavenly bread that strengthens us into eternal life. Then in this cup, he reveals himself to us. He makes himself known to us in this cup of blessing. He comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear any fruit in this life. Nos acercamos para tener comunión con el propio Cristo, quien nos ha prometido estar con nosotros por siempre, hasta el fin del mundo. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are actually a pledge. They're a foretaste of the feast of love of which we will partake in as his family when his kingdom has fully come, when with unveiled faces, we will be able to see him clearly face to face and be in his presence and have and experience eternal life with God when we behold him and we're, when we're made like him in his glory as we're going from one degree of glory to another. You know, even in this life, it is a, a, a life of of resting and waiting. And all of us in this life are waiting in this life for the new life, eternal, with Him. Nos acercamos con esperanza creyendo que este pan y esta copa son una promesa y muestra de la fiesta del amor en la cual estaremos en su reino por siempre, en su gloria. He is with us in this time. Let's pray. God, send your Holy Spirit upon us right now. Envía tu Espíritu Santo aquí con nosotros hoy. Lord, we pray that this bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion, the common union of the body and the blood of Christ. Grant, Lord, that being joined together in him, we may attain the unity of the faith and grow up into all things into Christ our Lord. And Lord, just as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes have been gathered from many fields into one, into one cup, we pray, Lord, make it happen. Grant, O oh Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. The Lord Jesus, the same night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks for it, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesucristo, esa misma noche, tomó el pan y lo quebró, y después de dar gracias, lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos, diciendo, toman, coman, este es mi cuerpo por ustedes, es partido por ustedes, hagan esto en memoria de mí. After the same manner, our Lord Jesus he also took the cup. 
And when he took the cup, he supped it saying, this cup is the New Testament, the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Nuestro Señor Jesucristo tomó la copa y se las dio diciendo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Hagan esto cada vez que tomen de ella en memoria de mí. Thank you, Lord, for this cup and this bread. Let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing us together. And we pray, Lord, this morning that this cup and this bread would represent your real presence with us here and now, Lord Jesus. We pray and we confess what we have done as well as those thoughts and those actions that we have left undone. We thank you, God, for the gift of your table. We thank you, God, for the gift of your hospitality, for the gift of your presence with us here and now. And this time right now, this is a time for everyone. Este es un tiempo para todos. As the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.28, let a person examine himself or herself, then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is a time of rest, of reflection, of waiting, of receiving. Today, whatever season you may be in, you can trust and declare faith in Jesus Christ today. You can have your hands open to receive the, of, of this meal because Jesus invites you to it. Hands and, or you can take this time to pray and confess right where you are. You need someone to pray with you, we will pray with you. You need to just uh, surrender, confess to God. You can do that as well. But this is the Lord's time. This is the Lord's table. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us here and for meeting us here. Amen. So we're going to have our, our, our brother John and, uh, and our brothers John and Al to stand here and they will serve of the elements of the bread and of the cup. And uh, then after we have all served together, we will take part in communion together, in this common union together. So this is the feast of God for the people of God. The elements are ready. Please come forward and receive of this common union of this feast that Jesus has prepared for us. Back to the moment I heard your voice Take me 
Family of God, this is the feast of God for the people of God. Together as one body, let's take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you because he loves you. Let's take part together. Friends, brothers, sisters, this is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. Let's take part in the cup together. We praise and thank you, O Lord, that you have fed us at your table. We are so grateful, Lord, that you give us your gifts. You welcome us with your hospitality. And we're mindful right now of this eternal moment right now that represents the common union, your presence with us here and now and always, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us as members of your family, as brothers and sisters united in Jesus Christ forever. Today, Lord, we offer you our prayers for all people. You are the God of compassion. And today, Lord, we remember before you the poor and the afflicted, the sick and the dying, those experiencing isolation or mental illness, Lord, those imprisoned, those who are lonely, those who are feeling disconnected. We pray for all of those that have experienced, Lord, injustice, those who suffer. And thank you, Lord, for this eternal sign that you give through the Lord's Supper the hope of the gospel through communion. Te damos gracias, Señor, por esta señal eterna en comunión, la esperanza que tenemos en ti por siempre. We thank you, Lord, for the hope of the gospel through communion. As it says in Ephesians 1.10, that you, Jesus Christ, will bring unity to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. That means that all that we're waiting for, all that we're hoping for, all that we're praying for will be restored, will be brought to unity in heaven and on earth under Christ. Lord, you are the one that brings all things together and makes all things new. It's in your faithful name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, as we close out, we're going to close out in this final song together. So let's just continue in a spirit of prayer, of worship, and let's let our lives be that life of praise and that life song that we lift up to the Lord. So let's go ahead and stand and we'll close with this final song.